0: Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with The Masters of Modern. And welcome back to the Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, everybody? How's it going? So... Two things. First off, this is our year anniversary. This is the fifty second, not the fifty second episode. This is the fifty third episode. But there were some bonus episodes, some weeks skipped. But it's been exactly one year since this podcast started coming out.
1: I think you could say this is like our this is like episode one year anniversary point one because there was a lost episode from last week that yeah, this episode it's is replacing that gone fact, forever. We had this we had the same conversation on the episode about the one yeah, year anniversary two, last week, and then the file got corrupted. So this is like uh. this is basically the one year anniversary point one. Uh, yeah, there,
0: there's gonna be forever a mysterious Sam Party episode that just you'll never hear. It's yeah. Gone it's gone to the wind.
1: Exactly. If you if any of you are like the official MM Cast trivia people, like you know all the facts. This is like an important piece of trivia you're gonna have to know.
0: Like, has Sam Party ever been on the Mustard Modern Podcast? Well it's interesting you would say that Cotton, because uh <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So in uh, celebration of that we're going to give away a ma- official Masters of Modern playmat. Yeah, we have one.
1: We have one we can give away. I we.
0: I think we technically have two, but oh. I think the other one is our backup, just in case we lose one of our in individual ones. One, I yeah. like,
1: went to the pre-release and was convinced that someone had stolen my mat, and then I got in my car and it was just in my car. Yeah, I don't even know how to happen.
0: It's... it's- It'll be cool. Possibly we'll just print another one from Ink to Playmats and have them directly send it to the person. So that'll happen. But so the way it's going to work is – So I think – you know what, Kessel? We have one mat to give away, and
1: only one. So I think we need to make this a special giveaway. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to suggest here we, – we have a lot, of, a lot of listeners that we interact with on a week-to-week basis. But I don't exactly know how many that is or how many are willing to tweet at us. So I'm going to say we need to get 100 tweets – from the moment this is released until the next episode comes out a week later, and we promise there won't be a missed week like there was this last week, it will be one week. In that week, if we get 100 tweets, we will select one of those 100 tweets, and they have to be 100 unique people, obviously. You can't just tweet at us 100 times. Okay. We will select one of those 100, and we will ship you our one Masters of Modern playmat. You'll be the only one other than us that actually has one.
0: And the, and the way we'll know is make sure to do hashtag the mmcast 52 the MMcast fifty-two. Yeah, the MMcast
1: fifty-two. Once we have received one hundred tweets minimum from a minimum of one hundred users, that's the most important. So it yeah, could don't be a just thousand. don't just
0: spam a hundred times. Yeah. we'll know. We'll yeah. know who you you'll are. You only need to tweet us once. Like we you'll... might we might miss you if you do it like twice, but if you do it a hundred times, <laughs> yeah. we'll know who you are.
1: Yeah, but I mean, if you if you do it twice, you won't get two entries. It'll just be you'll be once we get a hundred people. So in theory, if you tweet us once with that hashtag. And a hundred of you do it, you'll be in the running, and you may get the mat. Yeah. So that's how this works.
0: So, so yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We uh, hope this is fun, and you guys, what if you got a sweet play mat? And maybe there'll be like random other prizes, but I can't promise any of that because who knows if that'll happen. But one person will get a mat.
1: Yes. And for those of you that we gave packs away to last time we did give away, we know you haven't received the packs,
0: but we promise. Well, I sent. I sent. I sent a few of them. Out. Oh, did you send them without yeah, yeah. my knowledge? Uh, oh, though please know know <laughs> this. I just bought them on Star City Games. I like wrote them down and then sent them out. So like you got it from SCG.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I so I, this is this is over my. You went
0: over my head. I failed at shipping. Things. I only have G-13 like I sent something appearance. out and it got sent back to me. And I was like, I don't want to put packs here. I'll have someone else do it for me.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So enough with the plugs and the giveaways. Yep. Uh, get a mat, guys. Get that
0: mat. So that second thing I mentioned was that we lost an, an episode. So gotcha. That's, that's all. I got so we talked about it. I guess we should have brought this up. But if you don't know what our Twitter is, it's at the MM Cast.
1: Yes, at the MMCast with the hashtag, the MMCast52. Um, so you both. Follow, there'll
0: be two the MMCasts in your tweet. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. And if you want to follow either one of us, we'll say it again at the end. But I'm Ben Bateman Media, and that is Kes Wiley yep. on the other microphone. For pretty much everything. Really?
0: Yeah. As well as the other microphone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the episode. All right, so today we're talking about two things. Uh, the big one is we're talking about uh, block rotation. So for those people who don't know, which would be... Surprising, because you're listening to a ma- modern Masters of, sorry, a modern podcast about magic, and if you're at that point, you probably know what's happening in the world of magic. But right. magic is rotating, magic every year, and now twice a year, the standard rotation happens. A new set comes out. This one was Battle for Zendikar came out this last weekend or yeah. this weekend, while we're recording, uh, and the Theros block rotated out of standard. So that's around 500 cards are no longer standard legal. Um, And we're going to talk about a little bit what this means for standard, but mostly how this affects modern. The other important thing that kind of happens with this rotation, especially this one, is modern season ended. So the modern pre-TQ season where people are forced to actually play modern to qualify for a pro tour is no longer happening.
1: Yeah, it was a very fun season. This was was the first time in a little while that I had gone and played in
0: this many tournaments i think because it's a because mo- there was no modern pre-tq season for like a year and a, a half
1: wow it was really fun we went to vegas that was a great time we 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 had spent a weekend in vegas playing a ton of magic then just a little while later i think we played five pre five pre-tqs modern pre-tqs yeah i played superior burning cocoa several times It was a lot of fun mistake uh, it was a lot you know what i had a great time doing it that deck was awesome and uh as Patrick Chapin told me on this podcast when we were talking to him just recently, <laughs> he thought the deck sounded very clever and maybe it just uh, reared its head in the wrong metagame and I should I should put it in my back pocket and I should stick with it. So so I got supported with my idea from Patrick Chapin. What did you get? <laughs> Nothing.
0: You're right. Nothing. Nothing. You're, right. You're right. I'm, I'm gonna bitter. go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, <laughs> Leave now. You're going to find Cole in, in your stocking. this uh, podcast by yourself this episode. Uh,
1: so rotation and then also the ban announcement. Oh, yeah. Announcement, the other thing is banning announcement. Lack thereof. Yeah. This so time.
0: we didn't get anything. Uh, we will talk about which cards did get banned in other formats and kind of talk about why modern cards don't get banned unless it's right before Pro Tour. We've talked about this before. Uh, we have a great episode with Tom lapeely that we talked about it, and but we will get into that. So first, rotation. What is that? Well, what, how does that affect a modern player?
1: Yeah, I mean I think the first thing to identify is that it's it's uh this is not unique to modern obviously. This is the type of rotation we're talking about is unique to modern because it's obviously an eternal format and legacy is just something that sort of just lives. Modern's like in the forefront all the right, time. Right. No cards have left the modern format. Yeah, so what what we talk about when we talk about rotation is like sort of it's identifying a few things. It's identifying price trends so you can you can figure out when to buy and when to sell modern cards. There are cards you know you're going to want to have in modern that Maybe it spiked at a time you weren't ready to get them. I think a great example of this would be a card like.
0: So, before you do this, uh, let's not talk about which cards, because I actually want to do a top 10 cards you should pick up, I think, in this episode, I realize. Not like us comparing our top 10s, but but I'm just going to make a list. Sure. Okay, give it an example.
1: So I think when you talk about that, you can sort of identify cards that maybe spiked at a time you weren't ready for them to spike. So a great example of this would be the uh, the 2-2 two, two for two red-red for enchantment. Idle, a Idle on of Great Rebels. Idle of Great Rebels is a card where it came out the gate. I think people were interested. I, it, it started to rise in price. It really peaked during modern season because it became such a strong player in the mono-red decks. You don't expect that card to drop to $5 or anything like that, but it's a good chance that over the next three or four months, it will drop enough for you to get it for a little cheaper than you otherwise will be. Right. Well, that, that's... two years from now, that card will be $30 or something like that. I mean...
0: Yeah, that... yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that, that's kind of the important thing is look at Theros block cards, look at the role players in Modern, and look at the cards that have seen some play in Modern, and this is the last chance you're going to have to pick them up unless they get reprinted at this price. Yeah, I mean, So it's... like.
1: I was going to say something important to remember about that is when, and we've talked about this anytime we've ever done a financial identification episode, but if you look at, like, another, same card, we'll just stick on that one for now, that's an enchantment creature that is very specific to the Theros right. block. That's not a card you're going to see in a core set. Well, there are no core sets, but that's not a
0: card you're the, going the to see. The only places that gets printed is supplemental product, so like a dual deck or Some something left. like that where, like, it doesn't matter what card is in it. A judge promo. A judge promo. Or like uh, Return to Theros, Modern Masters. Like there are so many like, they're very specific things. We're not returning to Theros unless it's seven years from now.
1: Yeah, and you you won't get Theros cards in Modern Masters 19, right? It would be Modern Masters 21. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, so in that sense, that's where you sort of identify a card like that versus, say, a different card. Like let's take Abbot of Carol Keep, which is new and that's not rotating. But that's the sort of card that I think is a little more vanilla. There's nothing about that card... I suppose, other than Carol Prow-
0: Keep. Prowess is both – all mechanics on that card are evergreen. So, yes. theoretically, it could be printed in any format. Uh, theoretically, Carol Keep is a very specific to a plane yeah. wherever uh, Charger went to. But it's a place that they've never visited into a set. So, it's a place that I would be much more surprised seeing a, th- a return to Theros before we see a return to – Rag- Ravia, Ravia, I think is where Chandra went to. Sure. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Is like when you're picking up these cards. But either way, excluding the possibility of reprint, which is pretty low from almost all these cards, picking up any of the modern playable cards from Theros Block is something to do right now. You, you should absolutely. You should. And and like in general, now is also a time to pick up modern cards across the board. So like because modern season ended. All of these tournament grinders are kind of selling parts of their modern deck, playing other formats, not really worrying about the format. And there's not as many people looking for cards that they need for the format because they don't have a tournament to play in a week. So it's going to be much easier to pick up the cards you need for your deck moving forward, at least until, say, February.
1: Certainly. So what do we think as far as card prices dropping right now? Like, what which... Which types of cards, which sets do you think are going to drop, and when will they be at their lowest? Are they lowest now? Are they about to be at their lowest?
0: I think they're at their lowest in the next week. Over the next week, they'll be at their lowest. Okay, Maybe some of them will get lower towards December, and those would be cards, I guess, something like, um, I, not Eidolon, uh, Profit of Crufix. Sure. Corsair, you mean? Sorry, yeah. Let me go back. Uh, I think December is maybe the 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 last moment to get them. And those are cards like Courser uh, of Crufix or maybe even the Scrylands. Sure. Where they're cards that have a little bit more price memory, uh, but aren't going to see that much modern play, especially at sure. the gate. So, like, Profit or Courser, Courser of Crufix will probably not see that much stand- uh, modern play. It's not that well positioned in the metagame right now. Burn's not a crazy thing. Like, Profit does really well, or Courser does really well, <laughs> when... Uh, both, like, Jundi decks, like if Jund was big in the format, yeah. uh, and if Burn was big in the format, it would do well. To be totally honest, I think Prophet Courser <laughs> will <laughs> for five for five. <laughs> <laughs> will be a great pickup right before the Pro Tour. Yeah. Because, as we'll talk about when we get into the bannings, I do think Bloodbraid Elf being unbanned is a possibility. Sure. And that card seems really good in a metagame where Bloodbraid Elf is going to be played a lot. Because it gains you value like Bloodbraid, it makes Bloodbraid better, and it also is really good against Bloodbraid because it gains life and it blocks them all day long. Speaking of Bloodbraid Elf, um, I, I think I would like to talk a little
1: bit about sort of the ten cards to keep in mind to pick up w- in terms of rotation. But do you want to have the conversation about banned and restricted right now, and we can we can close the episode out with that top ten? Sure, perfect. Um, why don't we? So why don't we start with that first? And, and so the first thing is that no cards were banned with this most recent announcement in, in modern. modern.
0: So the card. I guess for the face of magic, these are what was banned and unbanned. Black Vice was unbanned in Legacy. Uh, uh, Dig Through Time. Was banned in Legacy. Was banned in Legacy and Restricted in Vintage. Yeah. In Vintage, uh, what's the artifact? Discard, Draw 3? Draw 3, Discard 1, if it's an artifact. Oh, uh, Thirst? Thirst for Knowledge was Unrestricted in Vintage. Okay. And... That's it. Gotcha. So, nothing for Modern. Uh... But we knew this. So we talked about this at length, predicting what was going to happen, and then we lost the episode and it's gone now <laughs> forever. But basically, Wizards has made very apparent that they're just only going to use the ban list during the week before Pro Tour. Like, they're only going to affect the modern pro ban list and ban announcements, either taking these off or adding anything, right before Pro Tour. There are multiple decks that are obvious problems, I think, in the format – and we talk, like, the, the main thing to be thinking of is Wizards have said they want this to be a turn 4 format, and it's not right now. Decks that do it consistently are Grizzlebrand decks, the, the Goryeo's Vengeance Gora's decks, Vengeance, sure. and uh, Amulet Bloom both kill consistently on turn 2, turn 3, if they're going to kill you. The, the joke with Amulet is if it doesn't kill you turn 2 or it's turn 3, please, it Pimedal just won't type. kill you. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... That's in the format. Effect also has a turn 3 kill. Burn's pretty close to a turn 3 kill right now. So that promise isn't really holding true. And right now, there are cards banned that shouldn't be if that's going to no longer be true. Seedling Song shouldn't be banned if both Amulet's allowed to live and Gory's Vengeance is allowed to live. Period.
1: But those decks haven't posed a problem yet. We saw... We saw eight decks show up in Oklahoma City that were fantastic in the top eight. I mean, that was an incredibly diverse top eight. I mean, that top eight was, let me see if I can remember just offhand. You had Merfolk in the top eight. You had Elves in the top eight. You had Scape Shift in the top eight. You had Affinity. You had Amulet Bloom. You had Scape Shift. Did I say Scape Shift already? You had, I think, uh, like some sort of... uh, I'm forgetting. There, but, I mean, it was eight different decks. For the yeah, twin. it was a very diverse top There eight. was a twin deck. Oh, there was lantern, lantern control. Yeah, lantern won the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. That was an amazing top eight. So if that's the case, I don't think there's any reason that anyone should be sitting here saying that modern is a problem. I think, you know, we've talked before about sort of why Splinter Twin, ha- you know, will never be banned in modern or at least, you know, I've said on a number of occasions the reason that I think Splinter Twin would never be banned in Modern is because it's a do-nothing 4-mana enchantment. You don't play until turn 4, and its counter is essentially mid range black-green X-decks like Jund, like like uh, Abzan, you know. And, and the point is, sure, occasionally you're going to see a Snapcaster Mage you get like suited up with your Splinter Twin, and that's going to be the incredible ending to a tournament game. But for the most part, it's a do-nothing card that can be sided in or sided out for a turn 4 kill, and that's why the format was designed to be the way it is. So if that top eight is going to feature Splinter Twin as the preferred combo deck, and that's going to be the one that makes the finals or makes the semis at least, then I don't think we have anything to worry about. It's going to be when you get three Amulet Bloom decks that show up in the top eight, that's when we have a problem. Or when Goria's Vengeance is in the finals and just 2-0s somebody because the matchup is just so unfair and they're both turn
0: three kills, that's when I think you have a problem. But Wizards, from Wizards' perspective, they care about diversity, but they care... Very much about what speed the format is at. Sure. And that's partly because they can't allow it being too quick because there isn't the safety valve of Force of Will or anything like Force of Will. Modern is a format where if something tries killing you on turn zero or turn one, there is nothing you can do about it. There's no free counterspell, really. But, like,
1: again, I I just feel like that's so narrow i just don't see that being a thing that
0: happens very often i guess let me rephrase this i agree with you i don't think they should ban anything but what i want them to do and what they're going to do are two different things and i think they're in a position where enough people have been outspoken about amulet about gorio's vengeance i don't think gorio's goes away i think if they're going to ban something they ban something out of amulet enough pros have kind of basically said you know like Sam Black has said it. And he's the one that piloted the deck in right. the format. Uh, Sam Party last week. All these Sams keep talking about. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, like Sam Party Little last week went on a long rant and that we will never hear <laughs> about. Ban- like why this card needs to be banned, and like I kind of have to agree that the way Wizards philosophy has been approaching this format is that these cards are probably too powerful to be around.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it's just that it's it's interesting to have. Okay. This is probably something that's that a guy like Sam Pardee would disagree with because guys that guys that grind a lot of games online, as Sam told us he did in the Lost episode, uh, <laughs> that play a lot of decks and get to know all the decks in the format, and they're they're very familiar and they just it's you know I think he said he would played like eight hundred games of Modern or something, right? Um, guys that do that, their their information is very sound as far as like what's fair and what's unfair because the sample size is so large, right? But at the same time, I think you need to look at. Not every single player—this is the sort of inherent problem when pros criticize Modern, right? This is, this is like basically what it boils down to. Pros will say the reason they don't like playing Modern is because it's difficult for them to get an edge because the format is so wide open. They will Fair say enough. it's much, much harder to navigate through the sea of decks because the variance is extremely high, and the difference between Deck 1 and Deck 30 in terms of its level of competition is actually pretty small. Uh, And this is something you hear from everybody. So some pros will complain about ways the format should be changed, things that should be banned. In my opinion, and I'm certainly not a pro, and I'm not somebody that travels to every modern GP in the world, my opinion is that you need to make a format that that does not only serve the top 1%. You know, the modern pro tour is not the point of modern. The point of modern is, like, the pro tours at the top and then the Grand Prix Circuit is second, and then every other smaller modern tournament and casual game of modern at a store at an f and that matters too. So in my opinion... It matters more almost. Yeah, you want the it's widest... almost, it blatantly sp- matters more. You want the widest spectrum of players to be able to get excited about everything from the most chalk, basic deck, like Affinity, right, or Jund, where you pretty much know exactly how that deck is going to play that it is burn would be the best example of just a beat you over the head, simple strategy versus all the way down to the super high variance decks that you don't really know how the game's going to go. You know, you don't know what's going to happen with say splinter twin could be all in right. You could right. vengeance or amulet. Those decks are so high variance as, as far as, will they come out and do something on turn two or turn three, or will you just have the counter spell and those decks don't do anything. So, I actually think that having decks like that that exist, as long as they're not oppressive, if the numbers don't make them oppressive, I don't see a problem. Uh, I think the thing that becomes oppressive is is like at the first Modern Pro Tour when all the good decks were just jam packed with four Preordain, four Ponder, and that's how you're digging. And you know they're all kind of homogenous. You don't want homogenous right. decks. And when you when, when the top eight at Oklahoma City is eight different decks, to me, I'm like, let's just let's see how long this plays because I don't see any reason to change a format where that's the case.
0: This is what I'd look for at the next betting. What I think is going to happen, or maybe not what's going to happen, but I think should happen. I think a piece of amulet needs to be banned. Probably amulet. Um, I think the deck functions on an access that is probably a little unfair, definitely too quick for the format. And the ways to hate, there's one way really to hate it out. And the reason I think amulet needs to go is because I think the one way you need to hate it out also needs to go. I think Amulet needs to go, and Blood, Blood Moon. Moon needs to go, and Blood Brain Elf needs to be unbanned. Interesting. I, so you- I think I think the argument for Blood Moon sticking around is it's a way to hate on these mana decks. Right. But there's other ways to go against Tron. There are other cards out there to hate against Tron. There aren't cards out there that can immediately hate against Amulet. Getting right. rid of one of their lands doesn't do a whole lot. Sure. If you can keep them off of three Tron, Tron has a problem. So Ghost Quarter, Tech Edge, the new Sewing Salt, actual Sewing Salt, all these cards are uh, decent against them. They're not decent against Amulet. Blood Moon is good against Amulet, and that's it. But Blood Moon does so many, like, unfair things and and really not fun things to the format. It's one of the few cards that literally you cast it, and against 40% of the field, you just auto-win. And last but not least, it puts... Like, it makes people – there's so many things wrong with Blood Moon. You have to play with more fetches in general. It forces people to play fetches in the format, which I think is a negative. It makes it so decks that aren't playing fetches are at a disfavor unless they're colored. Right. It also puts people in a position where, um, like, for Wizards coverage, they hate when Blood Moon comes out. I would hate that as a viewer yeah, because it just comes course. out and you're just like, nothing happens.
1: Do you think that there is – like, let's say they don't ban Blood Moon, right? Do we think that there's a chance, a small chance, but a chance nonetheless, that the new lands—what are we calling them? Tango lands? Is that the best? Is it the best way to call them?
0: Uh, I think Battlelands, Tango lands are I'd, the two I've heard. I'd heard Battlelands, and I prefer that. I don't, I'm Team Tango Lands. Uh, I like uh, hashtag Tango lands. <laughs> Tango lands unite. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna call them Battlelands. So those of you that don't listen to it, I suggest you all do. Um, well, actually, as well as our sister podcast, The Command Zone, which we forgot to reference at the beginning of the episode. We oh. usually drop in at the end. Uh, but I mean, before plugging yeah. Chapin's podcast, I was going to plug theirs as well. Um, the Command Zone, mm-hmm. it's which is commander content, and they do a fantastic job. Yep. Jimmy Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Wong and Josh Lee Kwai, and you should check that out. It's on rocketjump.com. But as well as those guys, um, Chapin and Mike Flores do one called Top Level, which comes out on Thursday or Friday. It's usually pretty focused on Standard. But they had an episode very recently where they talked about Uh, standard mana bases and how essentially the battle lands with fetch lands allow you to do this really interesting thing where as long as you build a deck that is willing to search up two basic lands to start the game out, you basically play three or four basics in your deck. You can pack your deck full of fetches and like six battle lands and that's your mana base. Now it's more practical in standard, but in modern, if your deck, if your mana base was designed to do exactly that, To start out with fetches that would search you up two basics, and then the third land would be a battle land, it would mean you'd be guaranteed, by the time Blood Moon came down, unless they ramped it out on turn two or something, you'd be guaranteed to be safe against Blood Moon because you built your mana base in such a way that promoted basics to start the game. Is it possible that that becomes something that starts to happen in modern, and that people switch from shocks to, to basics? I feel
0: like there's no reason to run more than one battle land. I'm already not running four shocks, and the option of always possibly getting it untapped but being able to put it in the play tapped is better than coming to play untapped some of the time that I don't have control over. I At, guess me my... having control over something is way more important than me possibly getting a life bonus. Now, if I'm playing a two-color deck, right. straight two-color, which there's not many in Modern, but if um, sure. that's what's happening – so, like, a Merfolk or Elf splashing black or or, right. or, or uh, white, depending on it. There's no green-black one, so yeah. white, possibly, in the future. <laughs> uh, That's different.
1: sweet, sweet, like, two ones for one deck that I've always wanted to build. Yeah. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, like, in reality, when it comes to that, maybe. Because yeah. then I'm, like, possibly getting value and I don't need to. Or, like, I might play one of. But in reality, the option of me having control over it versus the universe having control over it is always better
1: okay but so but let me just back that up so what i'm what i'm trying to say is i understand that in general like in general you would never you would never elect to play Battlelands over shocks right that's like that's pretty obvious because shocks just by themselves are better cards my point is if you built a mana base that was always going to force you to play a certain way and that certain way happened to be really really good to get around blood moon would it be possible that some smarter players would just build their mana base to yes be maybe a little less flexible but because the deck is built that way their instinct when they're playing it would be always to go about it in this one way to ensure that their later draws were the way they wanted them to be so by default they'd dodge blood moon because any answer they have would be castable off their two basics that would come out early and there's very few things in modern to get rid of basics
0: i don't think that i don't think that motivates you to play battle lands i think tango lands (laughs) i think that motivates you like Blood boot motivates you to do fetch basics yes but i i still don't see but if you were going to why that has anything to do with if you were
1: going to search up two basics to start every game with your with your fetches if that was what you were going to do right like like if you were to say kessler you're going to sit down with me yeah but if i'm going to do that 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 i'm not going to play i'm going to search up two basics then why would you ever play shocks if that was the case? If your deck played like ten fetches,
0: so that's That's very at best you're playing two color. I feel like a that means I have to play eight fetches. But versus most people four. play ten or twelve anyway. No, 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 I don't think that's true. I think a eight lot is of... average.
1: Okay, but I anyway. Okay, it, my it, point ir- is
0: regardless. Yeah, I don't think Battlelands are going to see play. I okay, think fair. I think Blood Moon. As a card, the fact that this conversation is happening as a workaround for a card that like breaks every philosophy of modern day Wizards creation right, as right. well. Like the fact that they don't even want to make Landwalk anymore, a ability that has barely been good in any format, yeah. Other than uh what was it, the snake from twenty years ago? Uh or in Viper? No, no, no. It was like a two one that has regenerate oh, and oh, of course,
1: Meyerboa? Well, no, there's two of them. There's the first one was, was R- River Boa. River Boa, yeah. And yeah, then it yeah. got reprinted as Meyerboa. Right, so, like, Chaos.
0: so River Boa was the last car. time that Landwalk I feel was like actually legitimately powerful. <laughs> oh my god, so sweet. And so though. like and they're not even willing to put print that anymore. They don't like protection even. So like Blood Moon is such a weird color hoser, and it's like here's the deal. <laughs> the format probably would be better, but you can't ban it without banning Amulet. And sure. they want to ban Amulet anyways. That's a card that probably doesn't need to be in the format. And do we think Well, Randolph uh, comes back? Okay,
1: so I, I want to just talk about the the lack of bannings and then the, the possible why and what we can expect next time. And like so in the meantime, what do we have to fear sort of angle? That's a lot. Um but but the fact that Blood Moon didn't get reprinted in Modern Masters fifteen. Or
0: also makes me feel like it's gonna get they're banned. thinking about banning it. You
1: think that maybe, and that wouldn't be that surprising, right? If, Blood if the Moon- world
0: banned Blood Moon, as long as Amulet goes away with it, the world will collectively be like, eh, okay. <laughs> and whenever the world is like, "Yeah, okay, it probably means it was a good decision.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, I've said it once and I'll say it again, there's a couple cards that I can think of in the history of Magic the Gathering where legitimately I hated them so much and made so many arguments against them until I just played them, and then I was like, this card's so great, and Blood Moon is definitely the poster boy for that, for me, where I hate that card. Like, I really think it's po- it's poorly, poorly designed, and it's it's not fun, and it defies everything that's cool about magic. It breaks the rules by just, you should never be able to play one card and negate 90% of the rest of the game, in a lot of cases. At, Agreed. For three mana. I, I fully agree. But at the same time, the argument against it which is that well then don't be so greedy with your mana base and be you know work around sort of but people are already
0: relatively greedy with their mana base like the I, a i think the fact that path exists in the format will mean that people will always pay with basics yep because like the best removal in the format punishes you for not right uh theoretically the less like ghost quarter also exists which is another card that generally punishes people right so like yes people might be greedy and we might see a little bit more five color zoo which is fine. That's a deck that no one's playing. So like, <laughs> and when I say Matt Modern would be better if more people were playing five colors zoo and less people were playing Blood Moon. Yes, it's funny though that I would say that.
1: <laughs> do you find it as funny as I do that a lot of the decks that would be hurt by Blood Moon end up playing Blood Moon? They just like find a way to make it work because it's just that means so it's so... that's
0: that's that means it's a bad card for the yeah, format. Right. The fact that people. Like, anyone can play it, and they're warping their decks around playing it just because they get free wins against people. Yeah, I mean, I've played... it's a bad card. <laughs> I've played those Moon Zoo decks before. I, from a I, design perspective, and, like, it's a good card from a power level perspective, obviously.
1: Like, I remember back when Rite was legal, I've talked about it on this podcast before, playing a Zoo deck with Rite Shaman and birds of paradise and sweet three drops and tribal flames and blood moon in the main deck moon zoo where you would just play your death rider you'd play your bird on turn 1 and then you would just resolve a blood moon on turn 2 and then now you've got birds and red so you can cast your lightning bolts and you just win ridiculous
0: right so i'm going to say get rid of it <laughs> yeah you can't with amulet I, I i 100% believe that amulet bloom makes bl- amulet bloom makes blood moon you're right necessary for the format because it's the only card that really hates them out but, but G- you know gory's vengeance removal plus rest in peace kills them instant speed targeted removal kind of wrecks them like there's ways to fight goryo's vengeance let's just say that, counter okay. magic fights them amulet none of this is true so like blood moon is literally the only way to really fight it so it has to be in the format but so, once it's gone
1: okay let's just say for let's say for sake of for sake of argument the next time the ban list three months from now whenever the, the next update right
0: Uh, It'll be right before the purchase four months.
1: So four months from now, let's just pretend the announcement states. Bloodbraid Elf unbanned. Seething Song unbanned. Amulet banned. And Gorio's Vengeance banned. How would you feel? And Bloodmoon banned. So Gorio's, Bloodmoon, they would ban the shite (laughs) out of those two combo decks, as well as the best hoser. And they would unban...
0: Bloodbraid Elf. I I don't think Seething Song gets unbanned if they ban Amulet and Gorios. I think it's either going to be Amulet goes away, okay, or Seething Song comes back. But neither, not both at the same time.
1: D- but don't you feel like it's se- we're, we see? And we got to move on from this because we're just harping on it. But don't yeah. you feel like Seething Song I mean, is yeah. is like the deck is still good without it? So why even bother? Like there's like uh, so Storm my- is the correct power level without it.
0: A, I think it's probably weaker than it would be if it was banned. Like, when was the last time we saw Storm in a top eight? But the, beyond that, the reason it's banned is currently no longer true in the format. It's it's a hypocrisy if that is banned still and we see Amulet and Goria's Vengeance survive. Because of the turn three thing. Because of the turn three thing. That's why, like, literally their answer was, Seathing Song allows Storm to combo before turn four slightly more often than we'd like. Okay. While... Amulet and Goria's Vengeance kill consistently on turn three. Period. No matter what, <laughs> if if we don't, if you don't have the exact card to stop them, hmm. like th- th- e- Storm wasn't even killing on turn three consistently. It could if you had a perfect hand kill on turn three. Yeah, if you have a perfect hand and Goria's Vengeance or or Amulet, you kill on turn two or one. <laughs> don't you? Okay, would it be those fun? those decks are legal? <laughs> would
1: it be fun to? Let's just think for a second. What if you tried to hamstring Amulet or Vengeance by banning a card, like a linchpin card that's not, like, the card, but a card that would make those strategies still doable, just, like, way less powerful?
0: Like, ban Grizzlebrand and Summerbloom? I feel like Grizzlebrand's not relevant, because, I, I mean, mean... They put they have to get Emrakul, which means they can't, they have to, like, shuffle, and there's...
1: Okay, actually, yeah, yeah, and in Agoria's Vengeance, like, you need Grizzlebrand, because you have to be able to draw all those cards yeah. and, like, the life, so maybe you... you Yeah, maybe a you would brand brand
0: your... is arguably a. Too powerful card for modern, if you want to look at it that way, and it's it's another one like Gora's Vengeance, where eventually they might there might be some way to reanimate something or some consistent way to get go, like one of the reanimation spells that exists right. in the format to make Grizzlebrand too good. It fall it falls under destroy the engine of not the random card that makes it good.
1: What about what if what if you were to ban? Okay, what if you were to ban Hive Mind and Grizzlebrand? Hive Mind is the Hive Mind is the like that is the like this is unfair. You can just win on zero game because even if you do the prime time game and you ramp it out and you do the swing at sixteen, you're swinging for sixteen, and I've I've played against that and that strategy I've beaten a bunch of times. Or you could ban Summoners Pact, which could,
0: which would be interesting. Mm, I, I feel like they keep that. I think they like the packs. I I can see them doing that. I think the most interesting thing they could do... Bloodbraid Bloodbred Death, Unbanned Saving Song, walk away from the table. Oh, interesting. Just drop the mic. Maybe, yeah. Just just, Wild Wild West. That'd be awesome. Well, I mean, like, as you said earlier, we had eight decks in the top eight. Yeah. And we've had a different deck when every GP over the last six months, eight months, nine months? Something like that. And of the decks that have won each one, each one was a, like, under-the-radar deck other than Affinity. Affinity is the only deck to win in the last nine months that was a known deck before this year
1: yeah i mean i, I think that's pretty clever man like i, I think un just, just unbanned seething song and bloodbraid elf and then like is there anything else on that just just really quickly is there anything else on the ban list that we think should come off green sun zenith really isn't cool? the
0: worst thing to be taken off it would definitely open up consistent interesting decks uh i sam party brought this up in the episode that will never be released and we keep bringing it up but he, you'd have to get rid of dryad arbor Right. I think Triad Arbor is the thing that makes that card too good. It'd yeah, be cool. I, I don't think that would be the worst. I don't think you do that with the other ones, because I think that's such an interest like banning a card and unbanning a card because you're unbanning a card. Yeah. It's such like a weird banning decision. because
1: well, what did we talk about? We said that the only two decks that even use dry arbor that would be like hurt by it are like boggles and infect, right? Which
0: I, I'm not yeah, I'm not and I'm not losing sleep over And either I don't of think that, that either of those like
1: really just like like loses too much. Um yeah okay so I'm just, this is, I've got the ban list in front of me here with modern I'm just gonna go through here and just list anything that I think is even remotely just even remotely like reasonable to unban you just you just give me just your knee jerk okay is okay there, we're, we're talking we're not we're not talking like a hundred percent black and white we're talking fifty one percent or more possible
0: like yeah, yeah yeah you're not gonna name like the artifact you're not gonna name like let me just I'll, I'll say it. or I guess you will maybe I will yeah okay just go
1: ancestral vision.
0: No, I mean, if Dig Through Time can't survive, Ancestral Vision is theoretically better in worse decks.
1: <laughs> okay, the Artifact mines.
0: Uh I think Affinity is pretty good where it is right now. I don't think you need to make it more powerful, and I think it makes it way more Glass Kennedy, which I don't think is good for the format.
1: Okay. so
0: I don't think unbanning them would be too terrible. red Elf? Uh, I unban it tomorrow. Okay. Or yes, like last week.
1: <laughs> what about Greenson we just talked about? Jace the Mind sculptor.
0: Uh People always want Jace to come back, and as soon as Bloodbraid Elf is unbanned, the world is going to think that you can unban Jace because everyone thinks Bloodbraid Elf is the anti-Jace card for whatever reason. But Jace would do terrible things, horrible to the format. It would make every blue combo deck just like the best fifty percent to a hundred percent better.
1: Anyone, anyone that's and this is this is a sentiment Chapin shared. Completely, because we talked to him about this, a little bit about this recently. Jace is so absurdly powerful and so, like, underratedly powerful to people that don't play with him or haven't played with him um, that I don't think
0: you could. Okay, here's... Well, no, so, I guess there's, there's two two things with Jace. A, unbanning him, he'd be too expensive. So, they'd have to unban him with him coming out in, like, a $3 dual deck. <laughs> <Something>, <laughs> so, that yeah. just, like, you just murk the price and just, like, everyone can have a Jace. Otherwise, you're unbanning, like a more expensive card than tarmogoyf okay. which is feel bads and two the thing you have to remember is this is a card that's amazing in combo decks cuz you can dig while also preventing your opponent like while also being a win condition that wins by itself.
1: Okay, here's an interesting one. Mental misstep.
0: No. No way. Not you have close. no idea. Like you didn't I don't know if you played a lot with this is every deck just start I played standard. But, I played standard. But every deck will just run four mental misstep. And I played legacy. Every single one. That's what Legacy was. It was just every... It became who had the more... Who had more mental missteps. That player won.
1: Yeah, but don't you feel like Legacy is a format that is completely relying on its one-drops versus modern? It's like...
0: I think it'll be less powerful than it was in Legacy. I still think that card would be... What's... I guess the other side, if they unban it and it does nothing, who cares? If they unban it and it's... Good. Then it's way too good. Way way too good. Yeah, yeah, like, okay. it, there's no win to that card.
1: Um. Yeah, I don't think that's even interesting. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You're never gonna unban Stoneforge in Modern, so that's not gonna I happen. Wish, I wish. I guess, sort of the meek. No, that seems horrible. No, nope,
0: that's bad for the format. <laughs> yeah, Gta Uh, I think Gta is possible. I think they already are trying very hard to get aggro decks to be a thing, and GTA would just make it so that it was never going to happen. Right. Fair enough. So that's, that's the list. All right. So I do have one thing I want to talk about before we get into the top cards you should buy before during the the rotation period. A lot of people have asked us on Twitter how we feel about just the philosophy of like why does Wizards let Modern be unhealthy? Finger, bunny ears. Right. Because just the force of the Pro Tour mystique. Like, is it correct that Wizards is waiting until the Pro Tour instead of if they think the format is currently unhealthy, which a lot of people think it is, to just ban the cards that need to be banned now? Sure. I personally understand where Wizards is coming from. I agree that it's weird that they only focus on the format. I think one of the reasons they didn't ban anything this time around is because Modern Season's done – The Pro Tour isn't for another six months until the next banning announcement. They'd be banning it for this weird time where they want people to focus on Standard anyways. So for them, there's no gain. I think that the ban conversation was maybe possible at the beginning of the summer, but I think it might have been too early at that point. I think before next Pro Tour, it makes sense. I think, to be totally honest, that the Pro Tour should be maybe closer to Modern Season. I think the Pro Tour should be the third. Either Modern Season needs to be next springs or the pro tour for modern needs to be the june pro tour
1: we get two standard one modern is that the deal for for uh pro tours we get three standard we get three
0: standard one modern
1: yeah because there's no more block right
0: yeah and i wouldn't be surprised if they move forward they start putting the modern pro tour the the summer pro tour whatever that that pro tour is right in the middle of modern season it's what everyone's going to be most excited about it right like shortly after shortly after the modern modern masters release yeah shortly after modern masters maybe but like there's been like you know two weeks of seasons in the season pro tour two weeks, like two months after the season seems great. Yeah. It seems awesome. Uh, I, I wonder, I sort
1: of wonder how, how much more expansion they're going to push with the format. seems like it's just enormous right now. Like it really, this is a crazy summer. I mean, we talked about this, but a lot of the PPTQs that I was showing up to that I expected were going to be 25, 30, 35 people were 70, 75 people were at capacity. I got turned away at one. Uh, I mean just an enormous number of people supporting that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that that's that's something to pay attention to. You know, I had something I wanted to ask. Do you have anything else you want to say on that? Uh, no, you can you can ask. So, you know, we've <laughs> we've done some brew episodes on here. We've talked. We've been pretty brewy in the past, uh, and fair. and as you guys know, I'm a huge fan of brews. That's sort of my favorite thing. I, I weave in and out of like obsessively thinking about Magic Card brews, and then I'll get distracted. Then I'll come back with a vengeance. Uh, we're going to be expanding pretty soon to a little bit more content. Uh, we're going to be doing some other other stuff, and we'll obviously detail that as we're doing it right, for sure. But my question was sort of how much of that content do you guys want from us? Because it's something – I mean, we can talk about being competitive about modern. You know, Al- Alex and I love to talk about that, but we certainly play a good amount of magic. But when it's not modern season and it's sort of like we're going to be doing a lot of episodes that are top ten this or let's deconstruct this card, things like that, interesting episodes – but I wouldn't be opposed to focusing some of my personal energy on some more brew type stuff, and I, w- I just—I guess I just want to know how into that are you guys? Do you want do you want that from
0: us? If you tweet do, us at, at the MM Cast,
1: yeah, tweet that and tweet at me personally at Ben Bateman Media if that's something you want because I know some of the decks we talked about in here. There was an Architect deck you guys liked a lot. There was Hunted Handsome. There was Superior Burning Coco. and we've had some the requests. Yeah, we've had some requests for some of those lists. So if you guys wanted to know about. Uh, If you just wanted to see more wacky ideas and us break them down on the pod, we'd love to. We just want to know you guys want that. Right. Yeah, I agree. That might be its own show, honestly. It might be separate from this show.
0: So, last but not least for today, I do want to count down our top ten cards to pick up from Theros Block that just rotated for Modern. This is going to be the lowest they'll probably ever be between now and December. So, make sure to pick them up probably at the latest November, I want to say. And because they'll start going up right around when the Pro Tour start hypes for Modern Pro Tour is going to happen. Um, my I'm going to name them, and then Ben, you can discuss, and I'll discuss as well. So number one, this is in no no real order, and you mentioned it already, Eidolon of the Great Revel.
1: Yeah, I mean, Eidolon is a card that I, I think it's going to be the most sought-after card in that set uh, eventually. Like, that card's so good. It is so good in its strategy, and its strategy will always be a place that a new player focuses. right. I played so much Burn this summer. I mean, I went against so many friggin' Burn decks. Like, I think every PPTQ, seven-rounder, I played Burn at least two times. I mean, it is astounding the number of people that want to play that deck.
0: I mean, Patrick Chapman talked recently saying that added of Carol Keep is the two-drop completion of the cycle. And to be totally honest, I'm not sold. I think Eidolon is. I think there are a lot of... A, it's played in every Burn deck as a 4 of, in every 4 right. of that It also probably has other decks to be played in. I wouldn't be surprised if like zoo decks or other aggressive decks should be playing this deck right. this card and it's cool it's an enchantment creature the amount of enchantment creatures in the history of magic are literally in theros block and that's it yeah, <laughs> so it's very good there's definitely a lot of things going for it and this is probably your last time to pick it up for anything under 20 bucks
1: I think, I think honestly, by the time you see this card reprinted, I would not be surprised if it's significantly more than that.
0: Uh, yeah, $30, 40 $50 card. Yeah,
1: this is the yeah. kind of card where it's a, it would be very shocking to imagine as it was first coming out. We were opening it in packs and thinking, oh, this will probably be pretty good in modern. Hard to imagine at that moment that this would be a $50 card. Easy for me to imagine with the way that modern seems to work. Right. Scarcity is just something that is so
0: unpredictable. You it's look from gonna, a small set, too, so like... There are way less Journey of Nyx packs opened than, say, Innistrad packs. And look at how expensive Snapcaster Mage is.
1: I mean, think about a card like a recent, okay, Heritage Druid. An uncommon from Morning Tide that shot up in price because elves got big in modern. That card's $30 now. Right. Like, it's an uncommon. Right. Right. It's an extremely that, 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 the, narrow. The chances in that comment. it's
0: not going to be reprinted sometime soon is also very low. Yeah, my point is just
1: look at the history and and do the math. And you know, Magic has this weird history of stable investment, which is really really hard. It seems too obvious, so I think some people stray away from it. Like they don't want to they don't want to trust it. But it's the sort of thing where it's like, okay, the new Elder Dragons buy the foils when they come out, because eventually, five years down the line, they will be worth way more than they are now. Except
0: that's for the just, black-red one.
1: <laughs> it, it, even that one, just because it's a black-red legendary dragon, and, and people play it in Commander. I mean, that's just the way it more is. It.
0: You don't know this, but that card's unplayable in Commander. Okay, fine. It literally doesn't do anything. <laughs> fine. My point is, but same, yeah, same with, with this you. card. No, it's no, like, no. This card, casual, cool, modern all-star, legacy playable, four of it every deck that plays it, you should pick them up now.
1: Yeah, absolutely amazing.
0: Uh, next, Brimaz, King of Arreskos. Uh, this is the three-four cat that when he attacks or blocks, he makes a one-one white vigilance creature. Uh, this guy's the exact type of power level that's going to see play in the format. Don't be surprised if it sees play. It already sees some play in some decks. I definitely think it's Which a fresh color. Which decks show up, up then? Zoo decks mostly. Like it's it's like a white mid-rangey zoo card. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I don't. This is definitely probably if we were making this list number ten.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever personally played against a Brimaz in Modern. It does seem like the kind of card that's it's valuey, it's cheap, right? It's got the right power toughness ratio. I also
0: realized that this list has zero Modern Masters fifteen or not Modern Masters fifteen, uh, Magic twenty fifteen. Yeah, on it. So there are cards for Magic twenty fifteen where we'll talk to about about at the very end. So next card, Corsair Fix.
1: Yeah, this is a card that's an all star.
0: Yeah, I, I, as I said before, I think closer to the Pro Tour, this card. Isn't seeing a lot of play right now. It did see play. It's kind of the exact type of grindy card that sometimes Jund decks like. It's really good with Bob, and I can very much see, especially if Bloodbraid Elf gets banned, this card being a much more powerful card in the format because of its interactions with Bloodbraid Elf. Where a it makes Bloodbraid better because you can know what you're going to be getting. It makes blocking, but it just like makes Jund very, like matchups very interesting.
1: What about the the two mana uh, Hexproof zero three Birds for Paradise or Birds of Paradise?
0: The, um, what's his name? Uh, that would maybe be in my Audible mentions. Okay. I don't think, only one deck plays it and the deck is no longer good. Yeah, okay. Just Guy C is not a thing. It right. was played in Just Guy Sendency. I definitely think, hold on to them, but yeah. Uh, next, Master of Waves. Oh, that card's so good. Ma, you know, Merfolk is the second most prolific deck in modern's history, which is insane. Yeah. It's good against everything. It's good against two of the three best removal spells in the format. Outright wins matches. It's a mythic rare. Pick it up. Yeah, uh, Kar- so powerful. The next one, Corados, God of the Storms.
1: Yeah, now this card has some special significance. If any of you guys were were lucky enough to watch some of Grand Prix Oklahoma City, holy moly, did that have some good games. And yeah. there was one game in particular. Lantern I,
0: versus Twin.
1: Yeah. We may have talked about it on this episode two episodes ago, or maybe not. I, I It may have been on the last episode, but there was a game that ended up with Splinter Twin. The Splinter Twin player had like... Snapcasters that he played Splinter Twins on.
0: He the, he won the game by having... He had Splinter Twin on Snapcaster. He tapped it to flashback Lightning Bolt. He then cast two more Lightning Bolts. He then cast Splinter Twin on the copied Split uh, Snapcaster Mage that the Splinter Twin made to then... Tap that to flashback another lightning bolt to deal the exacties of 15 to his opponent yeah, to win.
1: That was amazing. And the previous game,
0: when well, that he was, was f- against Affinity, so then, but against Lantern Control, he was locked down. Literally, the only card that he could get could play was Koranos, and he like somehow finagled his way into being able to cast it like being able to allow him yeah. to draw it and cast it. And it like it won him the game, it won him the game. And yeah. it was the only game he won, it's because Karanos is bonkers like this is this is the card you want against every jun deck out there if you're in a blue red deck this card will see play forever in the format it's also a god so like all of the gods i'd say are good pickups from a finance not for modern so that's why i didn't put all of them on the list but from a finance perspective every single god forever will eventually gain they're like They're EDH All-Stars because they're all gold commanders or model killer commanders. They can all be used as commanders. They're also cool. They're gods. Like, the same way dragons are cool and the Eldrazi were cool. These will have a very similar price history to, like, the legendary mythic Eldrazi, which, as we all know, went from even the ones that don't see play in any format are all $40 cards. So, like, pick up all the gods, worth picking up. Karados is obviously the best one to pick up because it sees modern play. I wouldn't extra. be surprised
1: if the white black one eventually sees some modern play. Agreed. I think, I think there's a few.
0: I think green black could see modern play. I think yeah. white black can see play. I think Thassa has a chance of seeing maybe some play. Yeah. Um conveniently all those are three mana. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to
1: justify expensive stuff in modern. I mean, other than Karanos just five.
0: But the reason I think the black white one
1: is just there's there's a very valuey grindy effect yeah. that card has that I think could get somewhere. So Uh
0: so the next card is Swansung. Oh, yeah, Swan Song. It's, like, it's it's only a dollar or two. This is one of those cards that, like, four years from now, it'll be $10, and no one would remember why. Just yeah. Because, like, it's a great cyborg card. It'll be cyborg cards forever. The moment someone does a buyout, it'll be worth money. Now's the time to buy it. Yeah, you totally. This is probably, of the cards on here, the cheapest to pick up right now. So, it's yeah. definitely why it's on the list. Absolutely. Uh, next, which is probably the second cheapest, Anger of the Gods. This is the best red board wipe in the format, other than maybe Pyroclasm. But yeah. But that's only good, like, only in Tron. So, like... It wrecks anytime Kitchen Finks is good. Yeah, this I mean, and this is, is
1: and this is the kind of card like you can track a few things in modern that have historically been in line with the way Wizards wants the format to work. And valuey creatures on two and three mana that don't die easily are the kind of cards they like to print to make creatures good, so that combo and control can't just dominate. And this is the kind of card you need it, when the format ever gets overrun. Exactly as you said, with Kitchen Finks, cards like Voice of Resurgence. Just the kind of cards that would, basically, the kind of cards that Pod would use. Right. So anytime that Podless Pod or decks like that get really prominent, this is a really, really important good card cyber to card. Have.
0: A- I mean, that's if you keep look at
1: cards that are good against. Right. That this is good
0: right. against. So, and, and if you look at the pro the the last GP and the top sixteen, an Aristocrats deck one with like Rally the Ancestors, and this is great against that deck. There's like a lot of decks. This is probably going to do a lot of work against always. And so it's a good card to have and. It's $2 right now. going to go up. Next, this is going to be probably – you might have already missed the boat, to be totally honest, but Thotsies. It's probably already gone up. I, I don't think it's gone up because you still have all of the Sander players trying to ditch their collection. There's a lot of Sarah players that don't play Modern. They're selling them right now, and they'll probably take $10 for them, to be totally honest. Thotsies? Not from a player, but from a store. Like, if they're selling at a store, they're getting 10 bucks for it.
1: So Thotsies is selling for, like, 18 or something? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's probably a good time to get it. You're right. absolutely right. It was
0: fifty dollars before. It'll be played in every format forever. Now's the time to get rid of. Get, was it get fifty
1: dollars it. It in standard?
0: This is the last. I mean, to be totally honest, even if it's not that cheap, it's the cheapest it will ever be unless they reprint it. So buy it. <laughs> it'll eventually get reprinted again. Eventually, but, but, but yeah. But it'll be a while. I yeah. wouldn't
1: like this. This this would be a very a very likely Modern Masters 2017 reprint.
0: And we and we kind of forget Flotsy's has been the a like, four of in the best standard deck since it was printed. Thots is something that wizards probably in the long run will not want to be in standard ever again. Well at least not for a while.
1: I, it, it was in standard for well, back it, in 07 or 07. Yeah fair. Like, like the last every year. time
0: it's been in standard, it's been the one of the key cards in the deck that has ruined the format. <laughs> it it's was true. it was a key card in Fairies, ruined the format. It was then a key card in um Mono Black ruined Devotion ruin the format. And I feel like a lot of people blame Siege but it was also a four of in Abzan decks all this year, and they were by far the most played archetype of the format. So, like... Thoughtseize is really good. (laughs) Yeah, it's super good. I mean, Jund and Junk, arguably the two most prolific deck archetype in Modern is based off the fact that they play four Thoughtseize. There always will be a home for Thoughtseize. Like, the comparable card to Thatsis is an uncommon Inquisition of like is also a ten dollar card.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, Mana Confluence. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah. that's just the pick gimme. them up. It's probably the cheapest it'll ever be right now. Pick them up. How much is it? Three bucks. Six. 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 Yeah, and last but not least, this is at five six dollars right now. Nikthos Shrine to Nyx. Super unique planet elves. Super unique. It's one of the only ways in modern to generate a ton of mana. It's kind of the like the one land that can kind of do a Gaia's Cradle imitation. So yeah,
1: it's a it's a little narrow in terms of the kind of deck that it's dependent on being good. Like it, the kind of deck it has to be in to be good. But even so, I, I think that.
0: I mean, it's, elves right now, I can imagine a goblin deck just like get into the, like the siege gang land and then start firing goblins off at people. Like, There's definitely decks I can see it seeing playing.
1: I mean, as we've seen, it doesn't take much. It takes yeah. one deck playing it as a four of the, and that deck being good, and then all of a sudden a card gets expensive. Right. So the further we get from it, the more you're going to wish you had four.
0: So those are those are the cards, I would say, from Theros block. M15, Rabblemaster, Urborg, and Collected Company. Not Collected Company, the Expel, Tutors, Convoke. Court of Calling?
1: Court of Calling. You're talking about not M15, M14.
0: M15. Oh, M15, because Origins is out. Yeah. yeah. yeah, So those would be the three cards I'd say from there. All those are really good. Pick them up. I kind of forgot that M15 was rotating when I made this list, and I apologize. All right, so that's it for the episode. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, I want to remind everyone to go check out our sister podcast, The Command Zone. Yep they make awesome commander content. Jimmy and Josh do a great job. They are probably do a better job than we do. They have like contests all the time instead of like our two a year. <laughs> we're going to start doing more of those. And
1: as we said, there's there's exciting stuff in the future. We just we're just getting some details hammered out. So, um, the thing's as well, a reminder one more time to tweet at us about. We are going to be giving away that modern the Masters of Modern playmat. So, tweet at us with the MMcast52. If we get 100 different users tweeting at us and at least 100 tweets, which would be standard with 100, uh, then we will auction that off to for zero dollars to our one of the users that did that and then also let us know if you guys want to hear more about Bruce
0: yeah and then uh email us if you have any log form questions make sure to rate us on iTunes uh follow us on Twitter I am at I am Kess Wiley at Kess Wiley
1: and I'm at Ben
0: Bateman Media yep and uh, I think if there's anything else I want to talk about oh Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening this whole year. Uh, It's been really exciting. I've loved doing it. We, like, I can literally track on Twitter. We have 800 followers. We had zero a year ago. I mean, we get way more views. Like, I'm just really proud of what we've been able to accomplish, hopefully, and I hopefully you guys are liking it and and enjoying the content we're making. We really appreciate all the interaction you guys give us to a a great deal. We hope you guys last with us for a full year. As Ben mentioned, we are going to try doing cool, exciting things moving forward. Um, And, yeah, and apologize for last week. Sorry, the card got corrupted. We used a weird, it was like a mini SD instead of a regular SD card inside of our sound thing and the mini SD got pulled out at a time where it should have been um, and it corrupted the files and that ruined my day. Cool. All right, thank you guys. Talk to you guys next week. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to themmcast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator.